And welcome to another episode of From I'm your host, Moshi. I'm Patrizio. God is my savior. My husband is my king. And my body, it's sinful. Is that um, Alexis? Alexis Bellino. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I can't believe I remembered. You know how bad I am with remembering, like, particularly OC taglines. I don't know if we've discussed this, but like I am doing like a OC watch. It's not even a rewatch because I've never watched anything before like season nine of OC. Yes, and you told me this and it pissed me off because when I first met you, <laughs> you were telling me how great the OC was and I had assumed you'd watch the whole thing and it was the only franchise I had never, ever, ever watched. Like I would not even watched a droplet of one episode, but I had watched like everything else. And I went and in the span of three months watched like 12 seasons <laughs> or something because I thought you'd seen it. I wanted to connect with you. Well, we're connecting now, Moshi. Because... Oh, don't give me that <laughs> So I'm up to season six, and honestly, like... She's fabulous. Early OC is real fucking good. Like, yes, it is very, very good. So my my favourite OC housewife is going to be Lynn. Oh, 100%. Because she, I feel like we, she, she was like, she went through a lot on the show. Like, and this is the thing. I think this is like when you watch these shows back and like, we've talked about it so much about how like all these like storylines are, um, you know, concocted for TV and people are trying to write their own stories and all the rest of it. Right. Like this was in the era where they actually just like went out and lived their lives. And like, there was even a stage where they even like truly didn't even connect with each other. Like it was kind of like just following the lives of like five separate women and they kind of had a lunch maybe once every like four episodes. Lynn like truly went through it all. She like, she was like rich and then she got like evicted from her home. And then like, she had the children who were out of control, like the marital problems. She was getting like the, the plastic surgery done. Like she was to me, like she is, the quintessential OC housewife. No, but I would, so in that same vein, I also think Gretchen was phenomenal, like straight up being, you know, having a sugar daddy who then dies, doesn't leave her anything. Like you couldn't write this stuff. And then um, who's the other one who was working for, why am I forgetting people's names? The other blonde. Laurie. Laurie. And then Laurie ends up marrying like literally the love of her life. Meanwhile, her son is like hardcore on drugs. Like it was so amazing. That was like real drama. And it was so interesting because at the same time, the OC television show was on and it was also like that kind of craziness. But this is why like, these were, or that one was, um, a flagship. It had a really clear identity. It was really specific. And you could see how, like, it's different from New Jersey, different from Atlanta, different from New York. Then Beverly Hills came. They all had their own flavour. But doesn't it also go to show you how poisoned, to quote Joe Gorga, it's got so much poison now, that show. 
but again, I think that's because like perhaps OC was just the first one that was exhibiting symptoms of like housewife fatigue. Like, cause it had been, it was the original, it had been on the longest, like it kind of like got sick first and then the contagion like spread amongst the other franchises. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Gretchen truly is, like, the original, like, deluded housewife. Like, she yeah. was, like, like on another planet. Yeah. It, when I watched it, I was just like, ah, this is why you watch that show. But at the same time, there's so many things. Like, I know we look back on them now, and that whole night where they got, like, Gretchen, was they got Gretchen really, really drunk, and then, like, Tammy Sue got... Um, Ryan to try and flirt with her and all of that stuff. Like, you cannot do that now. Oh, there was, like, also so much underage drinking on that Oh, trip. so much. Like, I, but that's, like, what living in suburbia is really like. Like, it was giving Desperate Housewives the TV show as well. I guess, like, I made the comment last week that, like, there was that New Jersey era of reality TV and I was sort of saying, like, now it's, like, the kind of, like, you know, the Florida, like, you know, Latin-esque stuff. But, like, it was truly that period as well, like, that that 05 to 09 period where it was. It was, like, the Laguna Beach, the OC, the not just um, reality TV but just, you know, other, like, shows. That was all very California-heavy. Like, that was that era yeah I mean I think some people will potentially say that some of those shows were heavily scripted but I think there was definitely a time and I've been thinking about this a lot in the wake of like the Vanderpump scandal there was this time where people really had no idea still what reality tv was they didn't really know that it could make you a star they had no idea what the possibilities were. They just liked the idea of being filmed. And so people were much more candid, much more vulnerable. Um, you know, they sort of just had small ideas of things that could happen. Um, and I think once you got to say, like, you know, Bethany Frankel, Nene Leakes, like these are people, like the Kardashians, these are people who, like, changed the game on what reality TV can do for you. And I feel like since then, because even Vanderpump, you know, came out shortly after Beverly Hills, and if you watch the early Vanderpumps, it's got that same rough and ready kind of vibe, you know what I mean? Um, very unfiltered. And it's just like now when people, like, will single out someone and say, well, oh, you know, she was a fan of the show and, you know, they're saying this about Raquel, but I'm also thinking about Danielle on New Jersey. Like, she is, you know, having this full Julia Roberts pretty woman moment in her life right now. Like, she's 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 acknowledging everything. She's like, you know, she's on Watch What Happens Live and she was just like, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe this is happening to me. Like, you know, she did manifest it for herself, but... I think it's okay to be a fan of the shows coming on. I think just don't hedge all your bets on it making you popular. You still have to play the game. And the problem now is the girlies are not playing the game. Mm. I think Giselle. But that's why Danielle is good because she gets it and she's playing the game. I think this is going to be a um, – I, I mean, we we – really shouldn't stand any more housewives because that always tends to get us in trouble. But, like, the Danielle Stan Club. 
I'm thinking you say it always gets us in trouble, but really it gets you in trouble. Um, Moshi, you stand a few housewives in your life. I'm okay, but you, I will never forget you proclaiming at the beginning of last season. <laughs> you're not cancelling a single housewife ever, and then you proceeded to cancel Dorinda. <laughs> you just like you had this whole list. Dorinda deserved to be cancelled. Like, they're all trash, and I'm just accepting them for the trash they are. I'm not cancelling any of them. <laughs> Next minute, totally <laughs> cancelling them all, basically. Well, Moshi, I actually potentially have another one to cancel on, on that list. So um, we are going to talk this week, um, part one of the season five Miami reunion. Sorry, I did not give you a moment just then. Oh, that's okay. Um, and New Jersey, it's episode six of season 12. Like we are already halfway through the season, like truly. Do you think they might give us a longer season than they normally give us though? No, and they shouldn't. Like, and I don't want it. Okay. Just checking, just checking. But Moshi, as always, I have to begin by telling you the word on the street this week. And should we start with the cancellation? I want to know who it is. It's Miriam Cosby. (gasps) (laughs) That is okay. So number one, that is controversial because you were in the Wicker Circle at the Coven doing the spells to bring Mary Cosby back. You cast the spell, in fact. No, okay, hang on. I feel like I have not been an advocate for that. I truly believe that if you leave the show, you need to leave for good and never come back. That is my new That is my new position. I don't know how that aligns with the Miriam Cosby of it all, but here's my thing okay so we found out this week that the girlies are in palm springs on their first cast trip of the season these people are not getting an international trip when are they going to get an international trip i think they will get one like when they film like the second half of the season like you know like it was like potomac they went to miami and then they went you know to mexico wherever they ended up I just think imagine if they never get one and it's because we find out that none of them really are rich enough because even if Bravo pays, the holiday still has to match someone's budget. You know what I'm saying? Just in case. Send them to Canada or something. I don't know. Like, because You know what? I don't think you get paid. Like if you do the cast trip, you have to pay up front and then Bravo pays you back. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Well, you gotta you got to submit your expenses. Pretty much. So business that that makes sense. You and I do business expenses. We know how this works. Okay, so the the footage came out today of the girls were at a gay bar slash I don't know, it looks like a drag bar because they were all wearing crazy wigs. All of Palm Springs. That's all it is. They were probably like at a Trixie Mattel show or something, but like Miriam Cosby was waiting in the Sprinter van. Which tells me that she, I mean, look, she is a woman of conviction and she didn't want to be with the homosexuals. So can I say something? I think we need to wait to watch the episode to get the full context. I am sure. But, like, here's my thing. If you are being brought back to do a job, you need to be 100% in the job. But here's my thing when it comes to Miriam Cosby. 
she has been able to do the job just by saying like little things. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's face it. She never really showed up for work, but when she was there, what she did was enough. And I look, you're probably the, the likelihood that it's homophobic behavior. I believe like that is most definitely probably what it is. But the thing with Mary is we just don't know. She literally could just be pissed off at someone. We know how she feels about women. Okay. And Heather. So, you know, and Heather. Because I just think a woman who is that into her fashions, how are you going to be homophobic, girl? How are you going to dress so campy and be homophobic? Uh, I mean, anyway. How are you going to marry a step-granddaddy and be homophobic? My thing is, though, that I think that there's way too much of a reliance. Like, I feel like anything, anything, all that anyone can talk about at the moment is the fact that Mary M. Cosby is back. And like, we don't even know in what capacity she's back. Like she could okay. truly just be a guest. Like, yeah, I 100% think she is. I think she's going to be in like three episodes and then she's done. She's doing it as a favor to them. Which I feel like if you have to rely on that on like the first week of filming, I don't know. It doesn't give me good vibes. Look, as somebody who has been saying they should burn SLC to the ground, I feel justified. So at this point, anything that they do to me is clownery because they just don't have what it takes. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to all of you who love Salt Lake City, but you need to up your taste levels. Keep listening to our podcast, even if I offended you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she would like to apologise now to all the listeners. No, no, I'm not apologising. I'm just saying I have learnt from Alexia that... When I apologize, I am sincere, Patrizio. Okay. That's beautiful, but we'll talk about that later on. Um, it's Oscar Oscars week, Moshi. Mm. And Lisa Vanderpump was at the Oscars this year. Yep, she was at the actual event. And everyone else was at the at the Elton John viewing party. I didn't see something there. I thought I saw a photo of a table and it was like Rina Sutton and somebody else, but maybe I'm just like making it up as I'm going. There was one that was like Kyle, Kathy, Rina. They sat next to each other and everyone was like, whoa. Because like Kyle and Kathy took pictures together. But apparently they haven't spoken in months, so that was just like for the pictures. For the pictures. Well, I mean, you know. Jill Zaren was there. That's right. You don't normally do impress- impressions. I'm very proud of you for stepping outside of your comfort zone. Jill Zaren. You don't sound like Jill Zaren, but I know what you're trying to do. No, I'm trying to be Bethany saying Jill Zaren. Oh, okay. Fair it's, enough. It's a nuance. It's very nuanced. I see it now. Um, She, I mean, who didn't she take a photo with? Like it was like it was very Jill behavior. I feel like I I almost feel like she was on stage with like Michelle Yeo, like getting the oh, like she was there. She was a hundred percent there. She was like behind the curtain, like she they had security at the hold it back. That is literally Jill. Like Jill is that person who's in the bushes. Like Jill is the real paparazzi. But Jill this week has also been doing the PR rounds and was spilling the tea on why 
New York legacy is not happening, right? So she did the interview and we like posted um, the clip to the stories this week, but essentially um, they made her an offer to be on the show and they offered her a lower amount than the other women. And she was like, well, no, like if I, you want me on the show, you pay me the same as everybody else. Um, even though like, you know, she hasn't been on the show in a very long time. They did more seasons. Like that's what they're getting paid for. Well, but, and that's the thing. Jill's like, Jill's like, well, that's fine. Like I just won't be on the show, but then they're stuck because they've only got four women who are basically agreed to do it, which are Luann, Sonia, Dorinda and Kelly Ben Simone. And it's not enough. I think it is. I think it's a different kind of show. It's giving us old lady sex in the city. Like it's giving us what sex in the city should be. I think that is the perfect quadrant. They have real friends in real life. Just give us a, a bunch of friends of. They have they should make it work. Well, and but this is the thing that Jill's like, that's fine. Like they can do that. Jill doesn't have to be on the show, but like obviously that they are choosing not to proceed with filming at this stage. Um, and then apparently one of the housewives called Jill Aaron to tell her, like, just take the lower pay and just say yes to the show. It was Luann. Because Luann has also been saying, like, because basically this is also Jill just being cunty and being like, the show's not happening because of me. Like, I hold all the power. And Luann is, like, also, like, basically telling people Jill does not hold the power. The show is not not going ahead because of Jill. Like, do you know what I mean? There's She's using it in her own way to sort of up her prestige and ego as well, which is annoying. Well, as Jill Saren said, though, she casted like three of them on the show to begin with, like put some respect on her name. Can I tell you something? That line of thinking has never done anybody good on Bravo. And I'm talking about beyond Housewives. Like on Married to Medicine, which is an amazing franchise, um, Housewife-esque, the same person, Mariah Huck, who did the same thing. She was an executive producer even. Is she on the show anymore? No. Like that line, when you act in that way, it turns Bravo off even more. Well, Sharice is probably another one. Another well. one. Exactly the same thing. Um, and, and then there was also the suggestion that Jill was making that, like, you know, if they changed the kind of, like, setup of the show as well, the premise of the show too, like, changed it into a more of an ultimate girls trip style show, like, shorter filming and all the rest of it. She was like, maybe that would interest some of the housewives that are refusing to come back, a la, like, Bethany, who I, do, who I think would be more interested in the, the five-day filming rather than, like, a ongoing filming arrangement. Like, I send them I back think, to Stereo Island. I don't think that's why Bethany's not coming back. I I think that these women have things on Bethany and she just does not want, she doesn't, like, number one, she doesn't need the money. Number two, she just does not need that stress because she, like, has pretty much nixed them out of her life completely. Like, there is an absolute reason. But Carol should come back. Aviva should come back. Like, they have so many women to choose from. But, like, I think this is a problem, right, that if you are looking for a true group of friends 
Aviva and Carol just don't run in those circles with those women. Like, true. But um, look, it. I just, I just think that they shouldn't let Jill. I think they need to figure it out without Jill. I know Jill said that. Like, go for it. But I think, like, obviously, that obviously there's something else, Moshi. Not just name change and got arrested. <laughs> Uh, um, in other word on the street, um, Juan Dixon has been, I don't know, well, we don't know that he's been terminated, but he is no longer going to be working with Coppin State as the head coach or coach, side coach, whatever he was. Do you um, know what H not have been saying about this? I mean, what what was the note that was slipped under your door, Moshi? All I'm going to say is... No prenup. Wow. I read that also. They've been telling everybody. Um, I think at this point you're getting the notes too. Like, okay, one Dixon, he, he, Robin boasts about her money. Like he doesn't need it. Like he's going back to, I don't know, he's going to be the one that sleeps all day now. Well, I mean, the hatred of it all is that if Robin Dixon gets like demoted or fired from Omic, that the marriage is over. Popcorn, just give it to me. I love this. Or does it secure her another season? Who knows? To be honest, I, I know it's not really fair. I know it's not fair, honestly, to some of the husbands because they don't really sign up for this. But um, I I do like Juan. I think like Juan is like a like even though it sounds like he keeps getting himself caught in some real trash, I just think that like he's probably a nice person. Um, and so I just feel bad that we know so much about. I, I just think that he's just trying to be a basketball coach, and it sucks that we just know too much about his life. Like I believe that he really does not want to be in the public eye. Yeah, but I think he has also been involved in some questionable stuff that's oh, been happening on the team. So 100%. I think even if there wasn't the show in his life, I think that he would still be in a very tricky situation. Potentially. Um, just to round out the word on the street, I just want to give two shout-outs of some Housewife and Housewife-adjacent TV coming up. Mm. First of all, is Real Housewives of Cheshire is coming back on March 20. That's our show. It is, but, like, it is truly, like, I mean, it's been in its flop era and I feel like this season, like, it will continue to flop. Like, the way that we, like, we spoke about it the other week um, about how we thought that, like, Hannah had finally been, like, fired. You thought, and I was like, there's no way. She's a cockroach. She's not going anywhere, mate. Her well, and Nicole, they're cockroaches. They're going to stay. Well, you were right. So um, basically everyone is returning to the cast except for Katie because but she's coming she, back as a friend of. Was she really ever on the cast? I think that she fulfilled friend of duties in last season. Well, and she's coming back as a friend of. Tanya is coming back as a friend of. And they've got some new friend of called Paige. I don't know. And they've got a new housewife, the Atomic. Natasha from Atomic Kitten. Yes. I think 
I just think that those former, like, girl group girlies, like Ashina that's on there, they are phenomenal. Like, it's the same energy because Sheena is great when she's on the screen because they bring that, they know how to entertain and they bring that same energy that, like, Rinna brought when she first started. Do you know what it is? Like, they're they're in the next phase of their careers. Like, Natasha's, like, a hardcore little mummy blogger. The only thing that would make me even happier is if, like, um, what's her face? Rachel from S Club 7 was, like, the other member on the show. I'd be loving it. Or Gemma Collins moves to Jesha, like something, you know. <laughs> Gemma Collins. Those of us who are old school Taoi people love the GC. I no, I love the GC, but I just don't think she's of. I don't. I think she's of a higher caliber than. <gasps> Fair enough. <laughs> um, and the other one is um, Handy's new spinoff, which has aired. I think it had its first episode this week, actually. SWV and Escape the Queens of R&B. So do you know what I realised because we were talking about this today? This is a resurrection of a previous show that had Salt and Pepper along with SWV and Escape. And the whole premise then was that Candy couldn't really be on that show. But now I guess they've just gotten rid of the Salt and Pepper and it's just SWV and Escape. And it's great because... The drama is a lot. Um, I mean, the, the way that Candy just has one spin-off cancelled and just has another one ready to go, like that—that's more interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know if this is like do do you know for sure that this is like a Candy spin-off? Well, like how, like, but how wouldn't it be? Like, I I think when I say Candy spin-off, like, like obviously, I think she's the one that is. Like, it's probably, like, you know, their production company. Like, I'm sure it's, like, her. she's the one pitching the show. Like, I don't but, know. Like, no, because the show has been done before and then it went up in flames, I need to go have a look at the production because I think it might be Mona Scott Young who typically produces for VH1. But I can see Candy helping her bring the show on to Bravo. Um, they're all the same parent company. They're all NBC, I think, anyway. But, um moving a show from VH1 to Bravo is, like, significant, especially a show that is predominantly about black women. But this show is always going to be good. These these are women, like, you know, we always talk about, like, the best housewives are the ones with real history. Mm. These are women who've been friends since they were teenagers. Like, even in SWV, they went through the highs and lows of, like, poor mismanagement, health issues, like, bad marriages, like, everything you can think of they have like such a great story to tell and so these shows are always great for the drama i mean i saw this week that the sisters from um escape, escape were like brawling at like a diner like they are back to feuding again after like previous feuds and all the rest of it like chaos do you know what it is, though, about siblings? Like, the two of them will fight, but you don't want to be any of their enemies. Because yeah. you go up against one of the sisters, the other sister goes against you, and it is insane. I love it. Yeah. Remind I've me not. i to find it. It's not on Hey You yet, so I might have to do some dodgies, but I'm keen, I'm keen to watch the first couple of episodes. 
Well, Moshi, before you incriminate yourself any further on this podcast, let's get into the recap of this week's Real Housewives of... Miami. It's the season five reunion. It's part one of three. Um, let, let's start with the with the fun stuff, Moshi. The set and the looks. I. Um, yeah, go. I feel like there's something weird going on with like the cameras and the set this seat, like this reunion. It feels, it doesn't feel as high production as perhaps like the Potomac reunion did. Um, I don't know. There was just something off about it. And like the set is tiny. Yeah. Like when you compare, again, like I'm comparing to Potomac because that is the most recent reunion that we've had. And the women were like, on these huge couches and it was so much space and like the set, like not to say that the set does not look expensive for Miami because they've got like all the gold bars on the floor and all the rest of it. Like it's huge, but like, I don't know. It just seems so small and it's like, why are you trying to force this many women onto like a three seater couch? There's not even a coffee table. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with you and I'm going to actually say, that this whole reunion, like this reunion felt very different from other reunions. Like it felt a little bit to me like Andy has shaken up the format a tiny bit in a good way. I think the questions were much like we had shorter packages for people and the questions moved along and there was a lot more back and forth discussions. But I think the highlight for me about the set is, you know, Nicole asking Lassa if she knows if she understood where the set was and like Larsa just saying, no, she didn't get it. And it's just occurred to me that Larsa is a sort of girl where like she could be wearing, like you could say to her, Oh my God, did you know your name is Larsa? And she'd be like, is it like, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like I really don't know if she really just like does not know things or if she just pretends to like, I'm at this point where I just can't, I can't figure it out. She is the kind of girl that only watches her own scenes when they send her the episodes. Oh, 100%. Like, she's in the Zoom with you only staring at herself. She forgets you're there. Um, It's interesting that you brought up the thing about, like, the packages and all the rest of it as well because that is something that Andy did raise, like, I feel like at the end of last year that the reunions are too heavy on the whole, like, let's watch this, like, you know, cut of like, you know, what happened this season or whatever, because I feel like we were getting a lot of like flashbacks rather than actual like packages that the women were watching yeah. um, because that's what the that's what the reunion should be about. Like let's just like get straight into business. Like I think people remember stuff like long enough and really like we're just getting the flashbacks so that like production can really like call people out for their bullshit. Like, But do you think as well some of it might have to do with the fact that it's the Peacock show it is a bit more experimental. Like I just feel like Andy has less inhibitions with this show and he's just like, let's just try it. Like this is this is the test and learn space. Even I felt like, I know we'll get into it, but like the way the friends of were brought in, like, they were, like that was a weird cut the way they were brought in, but they were brought in much earlier on in the, I guess they're significant friends of, but 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It just felt different. It didn't feel bad to me. It felt like there was a shift in a good way. I agree. But let's talk about the friends of because. Well, should we not just touch on the looks real quickly? Okay. Let's talk about the looks. I mean, it's not that I want to talk about a specific look. I think I want to talk about the energy from the look. Hang on. Sorry, Moshi. I just want to, I just want to show you what I've decided oh, to wear please, in today's please. episode. No, no, no. Please. I don't want to see the back. I don't want to see the back. What do you think? I, I know you think it's giving Halle Berry, but it's just not. Okay. <laughs> um, for the folks at home, I'm wearing just a blue T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I'm wearing just a G-string. <laughs> no, I am fully clothed in, like, my pyjamas. Um. <laughs> but I just think, like, the seating shows the factions and the tension, they were, the way Alexia was appalled that Gertie was allowed to show off her outfit. Alexia was appalled that she had to, like, basically sit across from Gertie. A hundred percent. And it just, I just, what I'm loving actually about every single reunion that's happened so far is the cameramen or the camera people because there's not like there's heaps of cameras on those stu- on those sets, but the camera people, I don't know if it's the producer next to them, but they go to like they just know to preempt the reaction. Like as soon as Alexia said, I'm going to say, they knew that they had to make sure they catch the girls, like close-ups of their faces, of their eye rolls and stuff like I am obsessed with the camera people right now. They are doing the Lord's work. But that was awkward. That's the only way I can describe it. The energy for me is it was feeling desperate from Alexia. It was feeling awkward. But it was feeling desperate from, like, Julia as well. Like I thought Julia was just being funny. Like, I actually, like, really enjoyed Julia. I get her sense of humour now. The only one that really needed to stand up and show up the look, though, was Gertie. Yes, but Julia, okay, it's that thing of, like, when when one person does it, it's, like, it's fabulous, but Julia did it as, like, a bit of a joke. Like, she was, but the joke has been done. And the thing is that, the thing about Alexia is she didn't understand the joke. And so that's why when she did it, it just came off, like, she doesn't get it. It, this is why her and Teresa are similar. It's like analogies. Like, she wouldn't get it. It's like a stigmatism. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, put Larsa on the same boat. No, a hundred. So I haven't even gotten to that. I mean, I did just tell you that Larsa didn't recognize the place. Um, what was the other thing that Larsa didn't know? Oh, that really just like, oh, not knowing what shingles were. <laughs> Sorry. Every, like we're talking about something really serious here, Martina's cancer. And Alexia's like using it as an excuse to not get the shingles vaccination. And then Larsa pops in with, I don't even know what shingles are. I'm just like, bless. Do you know what shingles are? Because I'm looking at you now and you're giving me like, you might not understand what shingles are either. Arthur's too young to have to know what oh, shingles Oh, her butt might be too young, but the rest of her is definitely old enough. Well, Moshi. Larsa confirmed, as we all knew, her, her butt is real. 
Yes, I need to talk to you about that because you know how like people can lie without lie, like can tell, can lie but tell the truth? Her oh, butt, so I feel like her butt is real but it's not implants. No, it's, it's well, a Brazilian butt lift is just like taking your fat from your belly and putting it in your ass. I don't think that's always what it is. I think so, sometimes it can also be actually putting in uh, like what Nicki Minaj has, which is like an actual kind of pad. And you can see the pad because when people sit down, there's like no connection between their thigh and their butt at all, right? There's like a weird gap. And so because you know how the Kardashians have always denied as well that they had like, any like full-on cosmetic surgery around their butts. I think whatever they're having like some fabulous procedure that is just like fattening you up, like that's all it is. And I think that that's how Lassa tricks herself into saying that like it's real. Does that make sense? Like it's real but it's not natural. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I know what you mean but I think that like, but she believes that it's real, Patrizia. But that's because that's that's the that's the larcenist of it all. Like she just is like so convinced of everything that like I feel like Larsa, you could tell her the sky was pink and she'd be like, Yeah, the sky is pink. And no, she would say, What's the sky? Like, <laughs> I just I know she's not that dumb. Yeah, the, but the thing is that, like, I, I guess, well, what? So we have to ask the specific question. Like, I think you have to with her. I think you have to be literal. Like, have you had, like, I don't know. Any intervention on your ass? Yeah, have you had some help with getting your booty to where it is? Because at the, the, the end of the day, there's no, I'm, I'm sorry, like, unless you have some crazy body given to you, like, genetically. But, like, you just can't have that much booty and be stick thin and, like, it's just, it's it's not, it's just not, it's not humanly possible. I'm sorry. Other The other thing that we're, you've just brought up is maybe she hasn't had her butt done, but she's had everything else done. <laughs> So she was once 150 kilos and she just like. You can be 150 kilos to have a butt that big, Patty. Come on. You can still have a butt that big and be under 100 kilos. That, that butt is like the size of two, like, very large. I, I am under 100 kilos, just. <laughs> and I have a butt that big. And you can. I think glasses is bigger. One day I'll show you. One day I'll give you a moon. I mean, she's Lassa. You're not, like, marshy. Okay, so your name does not dictate the size of your butt. I don't, you are but there are people out there, Moshi, that would suggest numerology, how you name, what's in a name. Oh, nobody is talking about names. The rose by any other name still okay, smells like Calm down. Um, down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Lars has ever read Shakespeare? <laughs> no. Who's Shakespeare? Like? If if Shakespeare was an NBA player, would Lars have dated yes. him? <laughs> yes. Well, she would know who he was, at least. If he was Michael uh, son, she would have dated him. Oh, my God. That actually um, reminds me of Regina, um, 
oh, which one is it? It's Regina Hall in Scary Movie, and she refers to Shakespeare as Shakespeare. <laughs> she calls him like the ratchet way of saying Shakespeare, and I'm just like, every time people say Shakespeare in my mind, I'm always like Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We've gone off on a weird tangent. Oh my god! Okay, let's get back to back to business. Um, you did mention how the friends of were brought on like super early in the piece. Um, I guess my question at this point though is like, what is a friend of? Right? Because I feel like we have we have like what are they like? Not layers, tiers of friends of at this stage. I think though. Adriana and Marisol are an edge, edge case. It's very similar to when Luann was a friend of and she was still pretty much on every single episode. I think when you are a legacy member and you're coming back off in a friend of capacity, I think it's very hard for you to kick back, right? Whereas Kiki, on the other hand, is a new friend of and She's she's giving us the behaviour that a friend of should give us. The other person who, like, you know what I mean? She's there just for the giggles. She's there just to call shit out. She's there just to live her best life. We don't see too many layers of her life, whereas with Adriana and Marisol we still do, which is why they're not, like, they're not atypical friends of. Kiki, on the other hand, perfect friend of. I will also say, and we're going to talk about it, New York, uh, New Jersey, sorry, Jen Fessler, perfect friend of. Jacqueline, perfect friend of. I don't think that we're getting, like, much from Marisol, though. Like, Adriana, yes. Like, Adriana, truly, in the second half of this season, like, this was her show. Like, the way that the entire drama really revolved around her. Um, Marisol, like, what have we learned about Marisol this season? Like, in that regard, she is, like, a friend of as much as Kiki. Like, Kiki couldn't tell you anything beyond... She did piss on the beach and, like... No, well, we know Kiki's going through a divorce and that she's a mother and she's got a child. I think with Marisol, though, Marisol is, like, part of Alexia, right? She's part of the quadrant. She, It's almost like those people who don't need to have a storyline because their mere presence causes so much reaction, it causes so much drama. Marisol has a lot to say. You know, her and Alexia are the bros. Like, it's a thing, um, which is why I think, like, Robin should be a friend of and not on the show. Um, so, and I just think we just have so much history with Marisol, and we do know stuff about Marisol. We know that her marriage to Steve is fake. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. It's not, a, it's like a spiritual marriage. They, oh, they're not legally, you mean legally they're not married. They're not legally married. Yeah, that's like that's not a secret. But the girls have said that. Um, we know yeah. that you know she's. We're starting to see learn about her previous relationship, all of all of those sorts of things. But we have a history with Marisol. We have. She gave us Mama Elsa, like she gave us a lot, Patrizia. Okay, but here's the hatred on of it all. All right, what have they been saying? And it may or may not be brought up in this reunion. We don't know. But allegedly Marisol was abusive or not very kind to Mama Elsa and also her father. 
yeah. we never met. And that's what's in the letter. Possibly. That's what the HNON is saying. I think that Marisol has things to hide. I also think that I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about, I want to say it was probably bitch sesh to be fair, um, but they were sort of saying that I think personally and professionally Marisol has had a bit of a fall from grace and that is part of the reason. Like she's trying to build herself back up and to me that makes sense because like she talks, like, you know, they spoke about her drinking in this episode like they really spoke about everything and she kind of sort of said that the drinking is a bit right she's doing it to start to foster a brand that she wants to bring out which to me makes sense because I don't know if we remember this but the reason Marisol knew everyone who was everyone is she's like a PR maven like old school PR maven to me like as somebody who loves AbFab she reminds me of Eddie from AbFab which is like the girls that were doing PR in the early 90s, it was all about expense accounts and, like, just parties and, like, it was all about who you knew. They they were more about connecting, connecting, connecting. So that, that – and that style just doesn't exist as much in the same way anymore. Like, it's, it's dead and gone, right? Um, so, you know, I – she knows about marketing. She knows about branding. I think we need to, like – that's her forte – um, and I think we need to put some respect on her name around things like that. And I don't really love Marisol, but I think it's starting to make sense now what she's about. I mean, you could be Helen Keller and know that she's coming out with the cockies. Like, not you bringing up Helen Keller. Wow, Shakespeare, Helen Keller. We are modern people. We are of this of this generation. <laughs> it's it's an it's a podcast of the classics today. <laughs> it really um, is. We are really giving classics. We're giving penguin classics. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> am I wrong though? No, you're not. <laughs> I don't know if you know, you know this, but um, because I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I saw on the internet. Do you know that Stevie Wonder without sunglasses is trending today? Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, Stevie Wonder without glasses, just Stevie Normal or something. <laughs> like Patrizio, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Stevie Wonder without glasses is, like, a huge trending thing, and I thought that would be the reference to make, not Helen Keller, but I love it still. No, because, like, Stevie Wonder's just blind. Like, Helen Keller was, like, deaf blind, and blind. Deaf. <laughs> All the <things>. like, <laughs> um. What what was like the biggest like revelation or like you know hottest moment on this reunion for you? I think the biggest revelation for me was finding out what Lenny's trigger was. Like what was like I think you really called this out early on in the piece. Like you had talked about that what you believe has happened is that they had an agreement and you know, things just something happened and things went a different way and their divorce got messy. But learning, like I'm not shocked that what we found out was that, Len, like they, we know they've had problems in their marriage before, but like Lenny constantly threatens divorce. Like that's his go-to move. And this time it was different. It became real. And then finding out 
like that the trigger to me was something like so dumb. Like she went to New York, she just like pushed his buttons one last time because I do think that his reaction is just not, I still think the way he's reacted is not right. But um, that was one of the revelations that was interesting. I think the other one for me was also just now seeing how many months it is after they finished filming and Lisa's there with her new boyfriend um, and also, uh, you know, Michael Jordan's son being there, um, Lassa's, and, and Lassa admitting that they're dating. But what were the revelations for you? I think um, for me when it comes to Lisa Hochstein that she has a job. Had... <laughs> <laughs> no, that she had caught Lenny like a lot earlier on yeah. and never mentioned it, like this whole like jacuzzi situation with the, with the woman that ended up being like the mistress as well. Um, it was just, it was interesting because in the same way that like, I feel like we are admonishing like Robin for not providing information that was happening um, that influenced perhaps like, you know, decisions and stuff that she was doing throughout the season. Like, the way that Lisa has constantly just been like, I have a perfect marriage. Lenny loves me. Yeah, sure. He had the emotional like affair like 10 years ago, but that's all over now and all the rest of it. But like, I think this incident in the jacuzzi happened like pre-filming season four. Yeah. Like they said it happened before the last reunion. Yes. And it's like, just like, come on. Like why, like, why is Lisa not being told? Like, why is the internet not angry at Lisa for not fucking fessing up? But Patrizio, last season, Lisa was hardly on the show, right? And what did I say the whole time? She looks broken. She looks defeated. She looks like there is something going on. And I think that what what we need to be seeing here is a woman like seeing what happens when you delude yourself a little bit and when you try, I, I think it's not so much that they didn't want information coming out with Lisa, which is a bit different from Robin. I think, and I think that this is the way with some of the women on the show, I think that there are some women who you always want to root for, right? You always want to be in their corner. And I think that perhaps Lisa needed to watch herself back to see kind of to to get the motivation to actually realize that she's unhappy. Um, whereas I think the Robin of it all is a little bit different because Robin then did the Patreon and then just did a whole bunch of stuff. Like I really, I don't think Lisa meant to like not say anything. Like all the times that she's talking about her perf- perfect relationship, everybody's just like, it's not perfect. Like we, we could all see, read between the lines, right? It, it didn't, the more she said it looked perfect, the more we are like, it's not perfect. So like, I totally understand what you mean that she hasn't been fully honest and you're absolutely right. But I just think the situations are slightly different. And I think the production treats the situations different as well. I think the other the other thing for me as well in this like part of the reunion is that Alexia is truly unraveling. Um, Before our eyes, she has entered her villain era. I mean, <laughs> look, 
when <laughs> the the way that like Andy had to like redact with no retract his like statement that like everyone on the on the um set is a narcissist. He's confident. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what Alexia admires in narcissists. It's the self-confidence. <laughs> but she truly shows her ass in the, like, the last, like, 10 seconds of the thing where she, like, turns around to Lisa and is like, maybe if you had more self-confidence, Lenny wouldn't have, like, cheated on you and left you. Like, kind of like, I hate to say it, but, like, fuck. Your husband. It's giving control your husband. I mean, it's it's not not a lie, but Alexia. I think what we're what they're trying to really show with Alexia is that Alexia really does think that she's above these women. I think we've we've spoken before about like why why did they not just do this show with all newbies? Like why do they have the old guard? And it's because of this friction because nothing makes Alexia madder than Nicole. And for me, you know, I go through ebbs and flows with Nicole, but she was winning this whole episode. She won the episode, Patrizia. I mean, look. The way that production set Alexia up because they put Nicole in the seat next to Andy. They put Alexia at the end of the couch. Then they have a whole, like, section of the reunion, which is about how Alexia is a star. Like, she She can say whatever she wants. And she's not wrong. But just because you can say what you want doesn't (laughs) mean you should say any of the things. package. Uh, it was insufferable. What with the stigmatism? <laughs> the way that we also got the Merriam-Webster from fucking Adriana. Like, but the way Adriana had it ready to go. Because, of course, Adriana is doing, like, some PhD in neuroscience. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Alexia. I mean, Adriana, stop. But I will say, like, as much as Gertie is really not on the show, she is good in the reunions. Like, she comes back. I think she has good comebacks. I think she has good reads. Um, I think she's moved on from OK Green, Hello Green, or whatever it was back in the day. But I do think, like, we need to talk about, like, how Nicole is Andy's new favourite. Well, I mean... To have, but, uh, okay, hang on. So not only is it to sit next to Andy, but I feel like to sit to Andy's left, like his stage left. That's the favourite seat. Yes. That's his favourite. It's where Nini sat, it's where Kyle sat. Yeah, it's not the villain side. No, correct. Like that is super interesting to me as well. Like, I, yeah, I guess. But what is the it about set, The set is her because she's the future of the franchise. Oh, my God. He's he, future paycheck. You know, he made sure, well, 100%. He made sure that, you know, like John, he called John Mayer. He knows Nicole loves John Mayer. 
And, and John Mayer ended up adding shows in Miami after that call. I mean, the power, the power that she has. He's her hall pass as well, which I love. Um, but, you know, and the way, like, I just want to talk about the way that they tried to bring Nicole down with the stuff about her dad. So this, I was talking to you about this before we started recording, but the Lassa and Alexia, like the dumb and dumber pairing, it's the new freak, freak, freak and frack to me. Like, like the talk about like the Helen Keller leading, like talk about the Stevie Wonder, the Helen Keller leading the Stevie Wonder or vice versa. Do you know what I mean? It's like the two of them, <laughs> the way that they fight as well, the way, like the hypocrisy is insane. But the way that they really tried to go in on Nicole and she was like, you could see that she was like about to break down and she like had a chat with herself and she was just like, I am not going to let them get to me. And she like fully just rose above, like just watching her in that moment. Um, I don't know. I, I got a newfound respect for Nicole. I just, I still don't like love her as a housewife, but I do love how much she triggers these women. Is she going to be like your candy, candy girl? Like It's the same thing. Yeah, like. She needs another, like, season. Like, I feel like last season kind of, like, didn't do anything. This season she kind of, like, warmed up. Because the first half of the season she really, like, either wasn't there or kind of, like, was giving nothing. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like her next season she can truly, like, run and, like, she... Well, next season is the wedding. Or at least planning for the wedding, right? Like, she's got a storyline for us. They also sold their house to Jeff Bezos's mom. Like they're going to be, now she's told us that they flip houses. Like she's got things to give us. Like the production's going to want to know what new house they're living in, what they're flipping. Are they going to live on one of those weird islands? Like people have questions. They should buy Lisa and Lenny's house off. Them. Literally imagine that's what they do. And then they gut it and it goes from being Liberace to like, you know, fully Studio McGee modern. Like... It's all very interesting. I did love when Alex, like it's all the little things that Alexia tried to shoot at her, like, and that's Anthony's money. And she's like, water off a duck's back. Yeah, I spend Anthony's money like I spend my own money. Like, what of it? Like, I loved, I loved that. What other little comebacks did she have for them? Like, this is where Lassa, like, again, dumb shit she says. Like, she was talking about the gringo dinner and she said to Lassa, well, that's Anthony's child. You spoke about Anthony's child. And she's like, I never spoke about Anthony's child. Like, I really don't think she correlates that Grayson is Anthony's child. Lassa, honestly, I would love to be so, like, detached from reality. Like, she so detached. She's not I- even detached from reality. She lives on planet Moon. Like, she is detached <laughs> from Earth. Okay. Well, she can't live on planet moon if you can see her ass from the planet moon. <laughs> no, but Lassa can. It's so big. Um, no, but she just is on a different planet. I kind of love it. Yeah, it's great for the show. Like, it's great to watch. But, yeah, I think my other line that I loved was <laughs> with the stigmatism of it all and Marisol going, okay, Amex, and then Nicole saying, do you want me to sign and add you to it? <laughs> like, 
Imagine she's that rich, Patricia. It's going to like three seasons when she loses all her money, though. That's like what we're all waiting for. I mean, we just like we just need if they're involved in like tech and crypto and all the rest of it, it could already Nothing. be happening. They've Nothing. got they're with Silicon Valley Bank or something like they've oh, yes. not SVB. But um, look, I'm sure they they were the smart ones that didn't have more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in all of those banks. But that's a different podcast. Um, but all in all, for me, this reunion was fascinating. I watched it more than once and didn't get bored. I actually watched it three times um, because it was very long and I wanted to make sure that I was actually capturing all of the hullabaloo because, like I said, things were moving so fast, faster than I'm used to. I think it's good. I think it's fresh. And But it's also Miami. I think Miami is a fast-moving, like, you 100%. Know. It's Lamborghinis. I have a question for you. Just one. Do you think it's time that Andy steps away from doing the reunions? Uh, who do you have? I think that's the problem. What's I don't think you have one person. I think you have, like, a different person depending on the vibe. I mean, I don't know who that person is. I think it could be you. It could be me. You know, it could be any one of our listeners. But I'm just wondering, do you think, because, like, I just watch him getting frustrated and the way he, you know what I mean? Like, he's got two small children. Like, I think time means so much more to him now. And so when they kind of waste his time, like, I'm not, like, I just don't find Andy getting angry, cute or interesting anymore. I'm just like, this is the housewives, dude. Chill out. So that's why I'm thinking maybe it's time for him to retire and hand it over to someone else. John Mayer. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Like, I think. <sighs> like Carlos King, Danny Pellegrino, Gibson John, like there's so many reporters, Dave Quinn, like there's just so many people who are part of this world that I think they could hand the reunion over to. I, like, I think it's interesting that you say Dave Quinn. I, I think my thing is that like, not that Andy doesn't have bias, but I think, like, we do need to move to a world where there is somebody with, like, much less bias. Because I think, um, what's that guy that's always feuding with Kenya on, like, watch what happens Michael like? Rappaport. Okay, so, like, Michael Rappaport, again, like, could be a good option, but oh. I feel like he is too biased to, like... He's also, he's also, like, become a really controversial, like, a not-in-a-good-way Patty person yeah and then, but this what but like i feel like he would fit the bill like you know maybe like two or three years ago like i almost feel like you know um like joy behar did like a reunion of um mob wives yes like, one used to mix it up yeah like like a sherry shepherd perhaps now wendy williams i mean not now but before maybe but you're absolutely right like a sherry shepherd like I think they could have, like, put Jamie Lee Curtis doing the Beverly Hills reunion. You know what I mean? Sunny, um, Sunny from The View. Actually. Yeah, I know who Sunny is. <laughs> well, I couldn't remember her saying I was almost like, is it Hochstein as well? <laughs> like, that doesn't seem But if you say Sunny to me, in this context, I know exactly who you're talking about. Like, I f- well, I feel like she hates the housewives, but, like, you know, 
someone with journalistic integrity. Even like Megan McCain. Like you might not like her, but no, but I mean like they could have multiple hosts, like they could mix it up a little bit. I just, I st- I'm starting to see Andy's frustrations coming through and I don't think that's going to be good for the show. I also think it's not good for Andy. I think he needs a holiday. Well, yeah, he keeps chucking those tantrums and it's like it, it kind of makes you think, like, is this what you do with your kids? Like you and your kid, like, screams, you scream back at them. Like, I don't know if that works. Like, it doesn't look, but I just think that he he's, he's grown, his life has changed as well. We're entering a new era and I think maybe it might be time for him to start sharing the load. I don't think the optics are great anymore for like one white man to monopolize this franchise that is built by women, essentially. I mean, Moshi, like the I think we're at an inflection point because I feel like the same conversation is happening in adjacent reality TV like drag race, right? Like Where's the succession plan for RuPaul? Like, what's the succession plan for Andy Cohen? Actually, remember there was that rumor actually that like Andy Cohen at the 2022 Bravo Con was going to announce his retirement, and they were going to bring in that other guy to do, um, to to do watch what happens live. Though it wasn't the reunions; it was watch what happens live. Well, I think he needs to. I think something he needs to give something up. <sighs> Well, I mean, Noah doing the reunions. Like, I don't know. Who who's watching Watch What Happens Live? Maybe that's what he's Okay. And on that note, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're talking the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And we're back from the break, Moshi. To talk the Real Housewives of New Jersey, episode six of season twelve. Can we just start? I'm, I want to start with something that has been happening on the internet today. Oh. This whole thing that Melissa Gorga has outed Teresa Judice for having, like, I don't know, what what's, what's it called, like, reverse hair transplant. Like, she had her, like, forehead. She had her forehead, like, move back a bit. I just feel like... For Melissa to now be adding this information, like, it's very convenient. Oh, 100%. Like, she does not care anymore. She's she's talking about everybody's shit. But I think we also need to remember the context of that conversation. She's talked about everyone, including herself. Because the context of the conversation was talking to Rachel Fuda and talking about how when you see yourself on television, you start to notice like things about yourself that you don't like. And so you make a change. But sure. You can talk about yourself in that context, but like, I don't think you can start talking about like, or outing people's like plastic surgery that they've had done allegedly. I I don't feel like it's outing. I feel like we all knew that Teresa had changed something about her hairline. Like I think she changed. So I think she did a couple of things. I think she just removed her widow's peak and I also think she doesn't dye her hair black anymore. Like those are the things. But I don't even think there's anything bad about it. I think it literally just confirms for us that that's what she had done because we've all been like, 
it's not like Teresa's it's not like Teresa got a whole new fucking face like some of these bitches, right? Like she just she did something and I was just like, you know what? I didn't even know you could do that. Now that I know that you can do that, I'm like, maybe, you know, I've got like a seven head. Hang on. I was gonna say, I was like, are you gonna so be going? Maybe I'm like, I might I mean, to be honest, my forehead is tribal though. Like this is my people. But maybe what I'll do is I'll bring my hair forward a little bit more, like give myself more edges. Like I'll do the opposite. Well, I was thinking I want the Teresa hairline. Just get really bad lace front. That's all you need for that. I like I want my like I want my hairline to like hit my eyebrows. I'm gonna be really honest, Patrizio. If you had any more hair on your head, you'd look like Wolverine and not in a good way. I mean, this is what I look like post laser. <laughs> look, and it works. And you've got a lot of hair still. <laughs> Look, I did, before we came back, when we were on the break, what did I say to you? You call me a prostitution there whore. It there it is. Keep going. You told me I was engaged 19 times. Stupid fucking bitch. 100%. And then you flipped the laptop over that we were filming this on. I also told you that you have the best hair. Oh, you did say that. All those things. I'm glad that you're now immortalizing it in the podcast. Yeah, because I think, like, you don't need that hairline. Uh, But I want to be my hero, Teresa Judice. I mean, you know what? Do you, boo. Thank you. I will. Um, Here's my, like, I don't think this is a hot take, but here's my hot take. (laughs) I feel like we have reached a point in New Jersey where it's no longer just about a story about two siblings who can't get along. It is a story now about breaking generational trauma. Continue. Because I feel like we, I feel like Teresa has like had an awakening as have I. And I feel like we are all trying to transcend. Oh my God. All right. Go on. I know this is about Teresa, but it's really about you. So like keep Thank talking. You. Um, no, but I just, I feel like where it's always just been about like families who don't get along. I feel like now we're actually addressing like some of these like actual deep-seated issues and like and why why i'm saying this is because in this week's episode we kind of get like the i mean things we already knew but we kind of got i I feel a different take on it this time of talking about like how you know Teresa and joe grew up in an environment where their father didn't talk to his sibling for many many years and the the implications that that had for their family and that, like, you know, then obviously, like, we had Kathy and Rosie on the show for a long time and they have fallen out. In fact, both sides, I don't think that Melissa and Joe talk to Kathy and Rosie anymore either, like, because Teresa had the full-on blown, like, feud with them. But And now it's starting to seep into the next generation and I feel like Gia is so aware that, like, it's happening, but I feel like... I don't know whether this generational, like, 
trauma can be broken. I think it's actually a bit too late. I think the cousins are separated at this point and I just I don't see how that situation, that relationship resolves. So I can actually speak from experience on this. I have been in a similar scenario and it can 100% be resolved. It just, it takes you being an adult. I think the things that are making it hard at the moment is that they're all still, like even Gia, she's is a young adult, but they're all still essentially children. They're all living at home. Um, and Gia is obviously the eldest as well. So I think she feels a lot of the pressure falling on in on her. But you watch, like, when, um, what's Joe and Melissa's daughter's name? Antonia. Antonia. Sorry, I know she's named after them, the grandma, my bad. But when um, when Antonia gets older, like, she's a reasonable person. Like, when she has her own freedom, when she's in college, like, that's when, when the parents are not around to kind of supervise they're getting together, like when she's fully driving on her own, that's when they can just go and meet up and go get ice cream together. That's when they can have a relationship of their own that has got nothing to do with their parents. Unfortunately, because they are still in the family home, in the family unit, and they are still children, they're feeling all of that. But I honestly feel like they will watch the show back. I, I feel like the cousins, there is hope for them. I don't know. I think, like, it was really sad to hear that Antonia did not go um, to Melania's, like, Sweet 16. Um, I yeah, again, I think we're reading too much into it. I think you're absolutely right. It is a sad thing. But I suspect there was, like, a legitimate reason. But the thing is that, like, they were so close for so long that, like, you know, you would hope that, you know, whatever that reason was that like they had really worked as hard as possible to like make the event. Like, I, I don't know. That close all along. If your parents have never been that close, how were the kids ever really that close? I think they were close for TV. I don't ever think that those cousins have been best friends. They've been close when their parents have been close. And now that their parents aren't close, they're not close. And that's the thing though, that like, I just, I, I this is what I mean. Like, I just feel like, then this generation unfortunately is doomed like to just not have a relationship with each other. No, nah, they're not doomed. I'm telling you from experience, they're not doomed. They will come out of this the other end. They'll come out much better than their parents. Have faith, Patizio. So no. Okay. And then what? Then even at the, like, just to jump ahead a bit, like they're at the baseball match and I think it's, um, Joey, is that like one of the sons? I don't know. It was Joey that was at the baseball. I remember that. And like watching Teresa and GR like interact with him was awkward. Um, but I don't know if you clock this because I only clocked it because I saw a tweet about it today from an account that I will never remember the name of. Mm-hmm. But Joey's like, what is it? What's that thing called that comes up at the bottom of the screen? Chiron. Joey Joey Chiron says Melissa's son because there is a rumour that he is not the child <laughs> of Joe <laughs> Walker. He literally has Joe's face. That is so ridiculous, but okay. But, like, production is putting in the work and they put Melissa's son. That's the shit I don't like. Anyway. Um, I 
I want to talk about the green queen herself, Jennifer <laughs> Aiden. The queen of the ganja. I mean, honestly, I love that we finally got a housewife that's straight up just like, I got five kids. I'm having a joint when the kids go to sleep. I agree with you. And that's the end of this week's <laughs> I want you to say more. You're telling us you love it. I agree. I agree. I mean, I will have a rebuttal in a moment, but I agree with you. I just think that like, and, and sorry, okay, so this is the, this is the H-and-on, right? Oh, here we go. So Margaret, because <laughs> we all know I'm watching a different show to you. I wanted to see what you've been watching. What, what's been happening on your version of New Jersey? Margaret is going to begin this, like, story about how Jennifer is a drug addict. because she's, she's, she's already done it. It's already started. She's already weaponized Jennifer Aiden's mar- legal marijuana use against her, 100%. I'm with you on that. But it's to shield from Margaret's drinking problem. Margaret, okay, so number one, all of these women take drugs. They're all on, like, probably Ozempic. They're all on um, some yeah, Ozempic is legal. I will have you. <laughs> yeah, but it's for it's for people who are diabetics. Like if you're addicted to it, if you're – they're all using things that they're not supposed to. It could be booze, which is also legal. But, I mean, you can't tell me some of these women aren't popping Xanax. They're not popping all these other things without prescriptions. Do you know what I mean? Like allegedly, like all of these women are on drugs. Nobody is going to buy into – the Jennifer Aiden is a drug addict storyline. But M- Margaret is has a drinking problem and that's what she's deflecting from in this instance. They all have drinking problems. Like, of course, housewives, drinking problems, hand in hand. Anyway, this, like, the way that Jennifer is just upfront about it all and she's just like, what of it? I mean, this is why she's not upfront about it all. She's only upfront once somebody else brings it out and then she can use it against them as, you know, these ploys that you buy into where now you believe that Margaret is going to be starting an entire vendetta. Last week it was one vendetta. This week it's a different vendetta. Like, pick a lane. Pick a vendetta, Patrizio. I mean, look, if Margaret just left my girl alone, I wouldn't have to do this. This is my thing. This, when we talk about New Jersey, it should be about Patrizio versus Margaret because that is the real feud here, okay? She just thinks that she is top shit. Did you, is that how when? No, she does. And I know it drives you crazy. <laughs> it's, you're giving Alexia Nicole right now. <laughs> All she has to do is breathe and you are. If you had some self-confidence, okay, you would be a Jennifer Stan as well. Look, I, I think that Margaret is does go low. I also just think Jennifer Aiden goes lower. But here's one thing that I, I don't like about Jen and how, because all of these women are really capable of twisting facts to work in their favour. They are all manipulative. But Jennifer Aiden seems to get angry when things that are happening in her real life are brought on the show because she's worried about how her children are going to react. We need to just say this right now. If you were going to go on a reality show, expect it to all come out. 
even things that you did 20 years ago, expect it to all come out. At this point, you cannot, like, I will not accept your naivety. I will not accept you blaming other people for the fact that your child's life is now ruined. What I'm going to be basing that on is the fact that you chose to go on a reality TV show and when you do, and especially if you're going to have your children on the show, you need to be prepared for how to psycho- to to give them psychological safety. I'm sorry. I just, I won't. So can we, uh, just to continue this conversation then, I want to go to the very end of the episode where Jen, Aiden and Bill go to the therapist. Phenomenal. I just want to say, first of all, this therapist Love like, her. she's legit. A hundred percent. Like she is perhaps the most authentic therapist we have ever had on our yeah. franchise. Like, like I looked at her and I was like, Oh, like you are going to sort out these people's problems. The way like she would just say a response and she, she knew what to say. Like I was like, I want to have therapy with her. But don't you think it was really interesting how we bookended the show with two lots of therapy? Uh, between Teresa and Jennifer, the two queens of this franchise, yes. yes. Yes, two of the queens of this franchise, yes. The two queens. Two of the queens. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my 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 apologies to Danielle. I should have included her in that list. should have included Danielle. I mean, she's really a princess. She's not a queen yet. But, you know, Dolores, there are so many other queens that you could have included. Um. For me, this therapy session, it, I have seen a lot of people on the internet comparing Jen and Bill to Shannon and David Bedore in the last 24 hours. Because I think that Jen and Bill are stronger than, like I think that Jen and Bill's relationship is in a much better position than than. Um, Shannon, like Shannon's relationship was over when she joined the show. That makes me sad. Like I might not love Jennifer Aiden, but I do think that she has a phenomenal marriage despite the trials and tribulations. I agree. Like I actually, I was quite offended by that comparison. Yeah, I think it's not right. The comparison that I would like to make though is to the Darbies. And I, in what way? Jen is using the show to basically hold Bill to account in the same way Ashley, like, literally forced Michael Darby onto, like, you know, into that restaurant and was like, so tell me about how you've cheated on me, you piece of shit, right? And he had to, like, Michael had to sit through that whole, like, this was, like, probably, like, season six, I think, of um, Potomac, right? I feel it's the same energy, right? Jen's like, you cheated on me. It's come out. And guess what? You're going to have to now sit through the therapy session on camera, like, and have everyone watch it, right? I think this is her getting her, like, revenge, for a lack of a better term, um, against Bill. And Bill is unfortunately subjected to it and has to just be a part of it because, like, what's he going to say? He can't say no. Like, he's the one that cheated on Jen and, like, you know, it's his fault, let's say, in a way. So I just, 
I feel like that's what's happening here. Like, I don't think that the problems that they have are that bad or anything. Like, I think it is just like they're going to have a couple of therapy sessions and they'll be back to being on top again. But I think it is like, you know, this is payback. This is Jen's payback, basically. So I, I think that is definitely one of the motivations behind this. Um, I'm going to say some stuff now that is very Jennifer Aiden positive, so try not mm-hmm. to fall off your chair. I'm a very fair and balanced person. You're just not fair and balanced. <laughs> okay. I'm sitting down for this. <laughs> um, so the other thing is we we talk about this every season is that there are, you know, a handful of specific types of housewives. And unfortunately, Jennifer Aiden, lover or hater, she's a star. She's great on the show. You know, her, she's shown us her entire family. She, like, Olivia is fucking brilliant. Like, she has the the dream child. Like, she is what we've always come to expect from a housewife. She's constantly delivered. And with that comes celebrity and fame and the power dynamic has changed because her role has changed now. She's not just, and this is where Bill, what Bill is trying, well, my assumption is that one of the things that Bill is trying to do is he's trying to rein in the stardom and you can't dim a star's shine. Like you just can't. And for Jen, she's getting all these other opportunities, right? People want, she she has an opportunity to be like a proper influencer. She could probably have her own podcast. There's all these, she's realizing for the first time that she has so much value and so much more that she can give to the world um, and that people really enjoy her like yourself. And I'm sure there are others, the Pianons, Patrizio Anons, as I'm calling them. But like, and I think that because she's does not have the breath like she's not somebody who's going to hire a nanny to come in and look after her kids you know what I mean what she needs especially when there is somebody who could meet her halfway her husband and what she needs is for Bill to evolve in his role as a father and to reckon and to give her the opportunity and the space to grow as a person she has so much more that she can contribute and that she wants to bring to the household beyond and like let's not say this because being a mother is like truly a parent is a phenomenal one of the it's the hardest job in the world but also for so many people incredibly rewarding and she's done a really great job of raising like she's on the last leg with the last two pretty much the others are all you know pretty self-sufficient um and I think she's just ready to fully shine she's ready to fully evolve into that next level Pokemon that she's supposed to be, and Bill is getting in the way of that. So I think part of it, and I just think, I think the cheating stuff, which is real, but she brought up a lot of other things as well that he just doesn't contribute. She's tired. Um, I think the the cheating of it all was just a really great pathway to open up the discussion further. She's having her moment. She's having her Stephanie moment. I think she's a, a little bit more similar to Stephanie from Dallas. Um, I think you're also right in terms of Ashley Darby. It's a similar thing, right? She she's now, you know, this popular one. She's a TikTok tock tock talking. Um, it's Kyle Richards as well, in a way, coming out from Mauricio's shadow. And, you know, now she's doing now that Portia is older, she's doing the movies. Like, this is what women come on Housewives to do. 
I think the only difference with like the Stephanie Holman of it all was that like, I don't think that Bill is like as controlling. Yeah. I feel, I feel like Stephanie Holman was like, literally like her husband would be like, here are the list of things that you must do today. Whereas I think Jennifer, like she's got her shit together. Like she's like, she, she's running that household, but yeah, I mean, it's disappointing to hear Bill's like, you know, going straight to like the the pool house yeah. after work and like doesn't come past and like, you know, like hang out with the kids. And I think it's good intent from my Jen. It's not like she's like saying like you're a piece of shit dad. She's like, I want you to be like in our lives more. And you're just kind of like, why are you retreating? But the reason why I said it is a little bit more like it is just so I'm not saying that it's not similar to Ashley Darby, but the reason why I see it as being kind of similar to Stephanie Holman is because Bill is giving her a list. Like she said it herself. She feels like one of his employees. She feels like she's been doing a really great job until recently something has changed, which is her stardom. And Bill is like trying to temper, right? He's trying to bring her back down. And the only way that he can do that is to go for the thing that's going to hurt her the most. So is to challenge how she behaves as a mother, challenge how she behaves as a wife. Like it's, it's, it's controlling just in a different way. At the end of the day, it's all about the power struggle and the, and it's the balance of power is changing and the man is having a really hard time accepting it. Too bad. He married a star. He has to deal with it. (sighs) I think, like, yeah, at the end of the day, they'll be fine. Like, I don't think there's, like... Well, this is the thing. If they potentially don't... I mean, she has said it. Like, she she will walk. Like, and um, look, one thing I will say about Jennifer Aiden is I really do think she would start a war, like a world <laughs> war. I believe that she could ruin Bill's life, to be honest. Um, no, Like, you know, hell hath no fury like a Jen Aiden scorned. Like, literally, imagine her as an ex-wife. Like, if he got a new girlfriend or whatever, like... She, Bill would be too scared. That girlfriend, is, she would not live between her and Teresa. Like, the namaste would go away. Frankie Senior is would be shaking. Like, But imagine if she hooked up with, like, Frankie Jr. There's the twist. Yeah, I'd watch that sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, Jen would... I mean, look, we shouldn't say that Jen would go and find herself... Um, another husband because as we learned in this episode that's not what Danielle would like I think we're starting to really understand who Danielle is whose side she's on um and you know she does not agree that Margaret should be cracking jokes like you could have yourself a ball player that's that would not fly with Danielle I, you know, this is the, and I'm going to give an analogy, Moshi, and please, like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to open it. your mind to the analogy. It's like that time when you've got your bestie and they break up with their boyfriend and you go over to their house and you're eating ice cream and you say, yeah, he was always a piece of shit to you. He's trash. You could yeah. do so much better and all the rest of it. And then two days later, they're back together. And now everyone knows how you feel about the boyfriend, right? It's no different. Like, she literally was like, 
Fuck Joe Gorga. You could go out and get yourself a real man tomorrow. You could have any man you want. I'm like, so shocked you understood the like you're on like kind of Margaret's side on this. I really thought you. I'm were not on Margaret's side. I'm on. I'm on like Danielle's side. No, but I think like yours. I don't know if you realize it, but you're also stating the case because when we do those things, it's not really how we feel a lot of the time. We are literally. You have to remember that when you're the best friend. All you hear is the shit stuff. Nobody ever tells you the good stuff. Oh, no. I would, no. I mean, have you met me? I'm a straight shooter. Like, I would tell you exactly how trust your man is and I've thought it the whole time. Like, I, no, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I feel like, I feel like one, you can't say things unless, like, it's over. Like, I just, anyway, Team Danielle. Okay. Well, that makes more sense to me. But I thought it was really interesting that that was the hill that Danielle chose to state her allegiance on. But good for her. At least we know now exactly where she stands. I mean, I'm actually really enjoying watching Danielle on and off, the like on Housewives and just watching her like find you know, in a different in a different way from Jennifer Aiden, her husband Nate knows that he's married a star and everybody is just waiting for that star to fully shine, even if they are wearing fake Fendi. Would she be a New Jersey girl without the fake Fendi? Come on. I mean, does anything that any of these women wear is real? Like, I don't think so. It was awesome. Just seeing... I feel like when you make the real bad fashions Instagram page, like you've ascended, like that's a level of Pokemon, you know, housewives leveling up. On Danielle, I thought that she went to the um, baseball practice. Batting cages. And then I realized that was Frankie's girlfriend. Brittany. So I don't know about you, but I was like, one of my notes that I had in my other notes was just like, oh my God, we're seeing Frank's girlfriend this season. To me, that is the power of Dolores because I bet you Dolores has been saying for seasons, put her on the show. But Frankie is so in like determined to have this storyline of his relationship with Dolores. And this season, Dolores is like, I'm with Paulie now. I'm not having this. Like, so she's forcing him to bring Brittany out. And I kind of like it. I don't think we'll ever hear her speak, but I like that she's on the show. I will like, and this is the thing in the same way that if like, you know, they did approach Danielle and say, listen, if you can get your sister-in-law on the show next season, like ding, 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 we've got a winner. I feel like it's no different that they should have had a conversation with Frankie senior and being like, if you can get your woman on this show and then she becomes a housewife and then you are like a house husband in your own right kind of thing. Like why not? But obviously like, I don't know whether she's got much going on. Like, I don't think it's that. I don't think she, I, I think that she's been able to be on the show the whole time, but I really think Frank has been the one that has been like, he won because we love him and Dolores. Like we love the whole Frank and Dolores of it all. Well, actually, I can I interrupt you for a second, Washi? Of course. I have another classical reference here. Oh, please. Perhaps he's got like this whole like thing like the Beatles, right? He wants to be single for the lady fans and the and the gay fans. 
because we don't want to know that Frankie's got a woman. Like we want to know that he's single and that I could go to New Jersey tomorrow and try to hook up with him. You know what I mean? You like, you've never sounded more Italian than you did. Like more Italian American. You know what I mean? Have you ever said, you know what I mean to me? before? No, but like, I believe you. Like, I think you're absolutely right. Like he's no longer an eligible bachelor, and that is very yeah, disappointing for all of us. Um, I I want to say, although I think Dolores is on the way out. Yeah, happily on the way out. The only thing that'll make her stay is that her ability to raise charity money, like funds for charity. At this year's ball game. Like, it had a glow up. Oh, 100%. And the whole time all I could think of was, Patricia, I was like, if this is a regular thing, we need to go one year. Like, I'm travelling to Brooklyn for the game. Well, so in my mind, we were only on, like, episode two or three, and (laughs) I was kind of like, this is, like, really early for this event because I almost feel like, you know, in yeah. the same vein as, like, Kyle has a white party, the OC have the final barbecue, like, the Dolores, like, baseball game extravaganza should be, like, the anchor event of a New Jersey season. I think they're just, they've just changed how they film. I think the filming time is different. But I think it should just be, I think, like, that's what we should be working towards. It should just be all, like... You know that in New Jersey, you're going to get a Dolores charity ball baseball event. Well, I love it now that we're getting it. But also now what I haven't done is because I told you that I've been trying to get a hold of that calendar since because we knew it was coming out online before it was shown on film. And now I, I know it's like last year's calendar or whatever, but I still really want a calendar. I want it for you. I want Thank it for you. I want it for all of us. Well, like, and this is, like, obviously lost opportunity. Like, they should be selling the freaking calendar. But she could have made more than $20,000. Like, I would 100% get one. Um, I, I'm I'm just having a look at my notes here, Moshi, since we've broken the fourth world today and we're talking about the notes. Do you think people think that the, you don't have notes? Like, you just remember what happened in the episode. Come on. I, excuse me. We are PhD in, like, housewifeology. We do, but you are aware that scholars take notes. In fact, they write entire texts. They write them and put them in journals, which are then peer-reviewed. People then reference those journals. Well, you can't peer-review my brain, but... And nobody should peer-review your brain. I'm like... So I've, I've written here, like, I love Dolores' attitude. And I had to think, like, what does that mean? And it's got to do with the fact that I really love how Dolores, where I think perhaps some of these other Jersey women or just housewives in general would have real issues trying to like separate like the relationship that they have with their ex-husband and their new boyfriend and all the rest of it. I love how Dolores, and especially given like, again, like this whole paradox between the, the, these new age housewives that still have old school values, but she's literally just like, you know what? Like I have a boyfriend. I'm happy. That's my priority now. 
everyone else can get stuffed. Um, and I love that. And I love that for Dolores. She's been building towards that. It's why I've loved it. Even when she was with David, she still was like, I don't give a fuck what you have to say about me. But I think we forget that her and Frankie divorced like a gazillion years ago. Like their children were very, very small when they split up. Through that time, they had the time already where they didn't talk to each other, where they were angry at each other, where there was things to resolve. And then things happened, like there was health scares, there was other things that happened, their children, and they grew to become friends again because there was a time where she she says she wasn't friends with Frank. So what we're actually seeing is like, you know, I don't know how old they're like what Frankie. So we're seeing like 20 years worth of journey and the last like what we've seen more recently is what's taken to get them there um and I think that sometimes what we just see though on these other shows is people are like very freshly divorced right or the way or or other stuff has happened in their life that has been worse but I think like the other thing was like Dolores and um Frank they went in on a business together like with the bodybuilding and all of that sort of stuff so I think what we're seeing here is what what can happen at the other end. But you know me, I'm a if there's anyone I stand on New Jersey, it's Dolores. Yeah, you have like big Dolores energy. I fucking love her. I just love everything about her. I love that her dad comes over and he brings his own coke because he doesn't want to put them out. Like Paul lives in like a huge fucking townhouse that's like five levels tall has like six cars like do you know what I mean like I just I love I love that she's not ashamed of who she is in any way shape or form like she's the girl that can be at like the fully fancy dinner super expensive but then she can also just be in Patterson like getting down do you know what I mean like she is real I'm also always just so like blown away by her title card She's wearing that silver dress because her ass, like she's got the flattest stomach oh. and hugest ass. I'm just like, girl. The doctor like, did what needed to be done. I mean, not that it needed to be done. She was great before, but she, she, that's, that's what Larsa should have, like, if you're going to get it done, that's, that's what it should look like afterwards. I actually think like Dolores and also Teresa have been serving some very like sexy confessional looks this season. A hundred percent. And so they should. I, to be honest, I feel like the older you get, the sexier you feel because you're just so much more comfortable with your body. You don't give a fuck. Is there anything else that you have to mention? Because now's the time to mention it all. Yeah. I was just saying, speaking of bodybuilding, I thought it was interesting to see, Rachel Fuda and um, that we got the glimpse into her bodybuilding career as well, just because like Teresa's done that. Tammy Sue's done that on married to medicine. Somebody did that. Like we, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in women um, bodybuilders. Um, and then I think the other thing that I just want to touch base with you on, and I'm going to just be checking in with you periodically. Um, I just want to check in with you to understand where we're at with the Rachel and Danielle feud. I'm still not seeing it, so I was hoping maybe you could tell us. You brought it up last week that they're going to be enemies, so I want to know what gave it away this week. And do you even still feel that way? Okay, so so the so the next layer of the onion this week <laughs> 
was when they talk about going down to the Jersey Shore. Yes. And Danielle's like, I have not been down to the shore in 20 years. And Rachel Fuder is like, that's fucking bullshit, right? Because what kind of guidette does not go down to the shore? It's the math ain't mathing, right? And I think like, and and this is, so next week is feud central. Next week, the feuds kick off with everyone. Like we've kind of been like. Don't just, I don't want you to talk about everyone. I want you to talk specifically about Rachel and Danielle. No, then you I, talk about hang on. Can you, you have to give sorry. me a moment to get the, I don't. the crescendo, okay? We're getting to the crescendo. Maestro. So next week it's going to kick off with everyone, right? And I think one of the big ones is about how there's something about Danielle that's off. There's mm-hmm. something missing. We're not getting the full story with Danielle. And I think Rachel is going to be a part of that story, right? Because it's this whole, like, what do you mean she never goes down to the shore? What kind of, like, Jersey girl it doesn't go down to the shore? I think Rachel is going to be helping facilitate the feud. So I think that Rachel is an accidental bone collector. I think one of the things that I love about Rachel and Danielle specifically is that right from the bat, they have recognized that these women all talk shit about each other. And the best thing that they can do is tell like um, um, Melissa is doing it a lot too, as well. We've never had this many people bone collecting like actual facts, like going to the other party and saying, well, they said this about you. They said like, and it was seeing it every single week now. And I think the honesty is working in their favor because I think what it shows about Rachel, and I truly believe this, when she comes at people, and Danielle as well, I believe, when she comes to you and she says, well, you know, Margaret, they said, um, you know, that you said this sort of stuff about, uh, what's her name, Jennifer's husband, in that moment, what they're actually doing, like, and I do believe this is Danielle is giving Margaret an opportunity to state her case so that she can decide, you know, which side she wants to be on. And I think Rachel also said it this time. She's like, you can tell me anything you want about someone. I'm still going to base my opinion on my experience with that person. I do not personally think that Rachel has anything against Danielle. I don't think she's going to be there to instigate the feud, but I think she's just going to haphazardly sort of say, oh, yeah, we was just talking to Danielle because it's true about going to the shore and she just mentioned that she hadn't been to the shore in a while. Like I don't think she's I, – I think maybe it'll come in like, yeah, I said that because that's what you said me, and I think Danielle is reasonable enough to be like, yeah, that is what I said. The real feud is Jack is Jackie going for Danielle. Like that's that's the one that I'm really interested to see because I do kind of like Jackie in a feud. I think she's just she's a lawyer, she's a writer, she's very good at arguing. I uh, look, I just think where it's another layer of the onion. I think that it's building towards like how can there not be this feud between these two women? I just like it's not gonna to happen. Be, but I actually think they're gang gang, like and like you using my onion phrase, I know I didn't coin it, but like using it against me, I actually I'm, feel hurt. I'm weaponizing the onion against you, Marcy. You really are. But um, I, I just, I think you would love it for them to feud. I just don't think this is the season they're going to feud. I think if they both last multiple seasons, then the feud will happen. You're predicting it way too early. They're too happy. They're too happy in their lives to be angry, like to feud with people. 
Moshi, I want to end on on a bit of like a fun fact. Oh God! Did you know that Melissa Gorga has replaced those hideous black chandeliers in her house with oh. a new new with a new ornament? I do not know that, but that's the right thing to do. And isn't that so great that we have that ability to change things? After the internet reads you for film. Well, it's not like she can change her entire house, but that's a start. And she can never change who she is fundamentally as a person. Neither can you. So, you know, here we are. I'm good. I'm healed. (laughs) And on that note, we've come to another end of... Patrizio's therapy session. <laughs> therapy with Patrizio, also known as the From the Lower Level podcast. What can the listeners do? The listeners, they can tell their mum, they can tell a neighbour, they can tell a friend, they can rate, review, subscribe, follow, press the hashtag. They can find us on the Instagrams at From the Lower Level Pod. They can manifest us to create a Twitter account. Like they, there's so much that can be done. We had a Twitter account. We have a Twitter account. <laughs> the manifesting. Look how quickly I manifested that. <laughs> <laughs> the way you don't pay attention is what's happening. <laughs> Next week we are back to talk part two of Miami. We can talk about New Jersey again. Will we be talking about an OC trailer? Who knows what the internet will deliver this week? Are we talking about an ultimate girls trip yet? Or is that like a week away? I, I actually, Oh, I think it's landing within the next like 10 days. The next 10 days. So you never know. I think it's on the 23rd of March US time. So I think it's coming soon. It's coming soon. That's all I'm going to say. Moshi, as always, bye, baby gorgeous. (laughs) 